another episode of HW Radio. I'm your host, Angry Jim. I'm here with my co-host, Flyers Yak. And tonight, we have a very special guest for you from the Philly Sports Network, Derek, or as he's known on Twitter, at Grit Bob. Derek, how's it going tonight, man? It's good, man. How are you guys doing? Awesome, awesome. Jack, what's going on with you, dude? You know what? I mean, I'm doing all right. Uh, Pittsburgh was a big downer for me, but I'm sure we'll get into that. Absolutely, yeah. That's actually the first thing we're going to get to. So let's talk about Monday Night Showdown, shall we? Uh, our most hated rival, the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, it's, it's Of course, Crosby scores in pure Crosby fashion to open the scoring. Um, my first question to, to both you gentlemen, and we'll go to Derek first. How much do you dislike that man? I, I hate that man with a burning passion, <laughs> um, but I, I can't help but respect the game. I mean, the guy is good, um, but that goal, man, it's just I looking through it again. You can see that like Hart apparently thought that Sandheim was clearing it to the right of him. But then the puck got shipped right to Crosby and Hart was still looking to his right and Crosby was right to his left to ram it home. I mean, it's just one of those plays that, you know, it's a bang, bang play. And Carter Hart got mixed up and seen if it would have been anybody else, it would have been like, eh, whatever. But it was Crosby and it's like, of damn, course, you know, yeah, of course, he's standing <laughs> right there. Yeah. Jack, I know you love to say about uh, the Crosby. Oh, Jimmy, uh, you know, he just reminds me of all the differences between Philly and Pittsburgh to, to its core. Um, the way he has always cried. And I truly, I truly believe that the Pittsburgh Penguins are the NHL's baby. They have nurtured them since they invented tanking in the eighties and tanked again in the early two thousands. A heavily weighted lottery was held in favor of Pittsburgh landing Crosby. So the team would not be the Kansas city God knows what they would have changed the name to. And now they all praise Crosby and the organization and even the fans who the second Crosby retires will, will they'll be retiring as well. And <laughs> it just kills me. And but the one thing I'll say about the goal, I understand it was a fluky bounce, but nobody was covering Crosby. And the result is exactly what I expected. I mean, this guy's got hand-eye coordination of a, of a god. I hate to say it, but he's always had it. And, yeah, it's a bad bounce, but it winded up in the back of our net. That's the same old song. And <laughs> they have owned us at home, and it's embarrassing. And that's why, that's one thing I couldn't stand about Hacksaw. Whenever Pittsburgh came to town, it was, a, it was an embarrassing show all around. And while I feel they played better on Monday, and they deserved to be more in the game than what the score showed, it was just more of the same at the end of the day. So, yeah, I mean, it was a real tough one because that Monday game was a real pivotal game. I've always been an advocate of them selling and rebuilding towards next year, but they went on a 9-0-1 well, run, pretty much a 10-game point streak. And if had they had won Monday, that would have made their playoff chances. It was, too, it was such an important game, and, and they lost 4-1, to one and you just kind of go, shit. You know, and it, it was it was tough to swallow. That's true. If they had beaten Pittsburgh on Monday night and, and beat the Wild last night, they would only be two points out of a playoff spot uh, as of now. Um, staying uh, on the subject of Crosby, can we talk about the, the Crosby sucks chant a little bit, guys? Uh, like, like, he obviously doesn't suck, you know? Like, can, can we just knock that off what do you guys think about the Crosby sucks chant we'll we can start with Jack 
it's a little we we can do better i mean i mean we've been doing that he deserves more honestly than a uh sucks chant we can do so much better uh i have advocated for some other things uh that are of now as our world changes i don't feel comfortable saying them over the uh the podcast <laughs> some of them involve uh, phallic figures and um sucking on them uh so i you know it, it's it's tough uh I will just say we can do a lot better. We are a lot more clever than that. Um, at this point, it is what it is. I, he's unaffected, and the media just blows it up and makes it silly. Like when we put the his uh, game card in the urinals, you know, oh, yeah. Crosby's not impressed. Well, really, I'd be surprised if he was. You know what I mean? Like, so I, I, it is what it is. We hate each other. I don't like him. I just don't like him. Uh, <laughs> Such a, oh god! I, I can well go done, on for Well done. What do you think about the Crosby sucks chant, Derek? I think Jack's right, man. I mean, we can definitely do better. I from a from the squad that brought out the she said no chant with Patrick Kane. You know, there, there's <laughs> definitely potential to be better than that. I mean, hell, I was there at that game. Uh, my mom, I'll give her a sh- quick shout out. She she's my partner in crime. At, those Flyers games, man, and there were three Blackhawks fans sitting in front of us, and my mom was jawing out of the entire time, and they looked back <laughs> when they were chanting, and they go, these are your people, and I stood up, I'm like, yeah, these are my people. Hell yeah. <laughs> you come from good stock. Do so much better. We can do way I mean, he, he's a great player. He doesn't suck. That's a fact. Um, but, you know, there are other things we could think of that, you know, we could definitely run with, and I think that there are other things that would probably get to him a little better than telling him he sucks because at this point he's brushing that off. Yeah, I mean he doesn't give a shit. I I'm sorry I don't know if we are allowed to curse here. No, it's okay. Yeah, (laughs) I curse all the time even though I told myself I wouldn't. So I feel like that's not going to be the last one in in this one. It may may not be because I feel like these topics are going to get a little more heated here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're just we're easing into some of these. So next question is uh, I was at the game Monday. And there are some people, and I even heard it on the radio, uh, there are some people who would like some fans to stop booing. Uh, I keep wanting to say Cindy Crosby. I have to stop because calling somebody a girl is not an insult. Let me just make that clear. Absolutely. Sidney Crosby, people want other fans to stop booing him because they think he feeds off of it. Do you agree with these people, Derek? I kind of do. I mean – you look at they pulled up the stat on uh, for the game, and it looked like I think he had like a with the goal. He has 96, 97 points in 65, 66 games against the Flyers. I'm sure he feeds off that. I mean, I I never played hockey. Like I played like you know rinky dink stuff, you know, with friends. And but like when we got booed playing any other sport, like you feed off that. You know, that's that's motivation right there because people are like, boo, 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 and you're like, ah, ha, ha, joke's <laughs> on you. I'm going to beat your team today, you know? Yeah. Okay, so you're, you're for the stopping of the booing. How about you, Jack? What do you think? I agree with what James is saying. However, I don't want another team's player changing how I cheer for my team. So my team needs to rise up. When I shout, you know, Crosby, you suck. Would you rather me get on my own team? Because they cry about that. This team does not have thick skin. So if I'm cheering against the team you're playing, they need to pick it up and lay a hit on him, stop him from scoring. All players, I believe, 
feet on that. But this is a sport where you can literally slam into somebody. It's not basketball, like, you know, Reggie Miller going nuts because of uh, what's his name? Mal, um, Charles Oakley? No, the, who's the filmmaker? Uh, he's oh, the, Spike Lee. Spike Lee. Yeah, he's not going off because of Spike Lee. You know, you could you could destroy Crosby if you really wanted to. I'd even take the, the two minute penalty, although it might be a 10 minute 10 game suspension because it's Crosby but I think that's worth it honestly I'm not going to change how I root for my team because of one guy's dominance and it is dominance I'll give you that but they need to pick up their play I paid my money I'm going to do whatever I want whether I boo against my team because I'm mad at him or I boo against some guy because I think he's a joke and he's changed how the league has been played and he's backed by the NHL ever since the day he was drafted in a joke city I want to flip my opinion now. After hearing that. <laughs> yes, we should keep booing him. <laughs> All right, there we go. Unanimous. Boo Sidney Crosby. <laughs> uh, I'm going to have to agree with you guys. I mean, uh, that's one of the reasons I look forward to, to going Flyers-Penguins games is to boo Sid, uh, Sidney Crosby. Um, it's a player that I, I'm never going to like. Uh, the question comes up sometimes, well, what if he was on your team? Well, let me just say this. He is never going to be on my team, so it's a stupid question, and I'm never going to like him. Um, <laughs> that question is the only time I've ever gotten into a fist fight with another Flyers fan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so moving on a little bit here, guys. We'll get off uh, Sidney Crosby for a while. The Flyers had a, a disallowed goal on Monday night, and my question to Derek first is, that the worst call you've ever seen in your life? Um, that, that's pretty bad. Um, I, when, when I look back on it and I looked at the highlights, like the ref that made that call was to Murray's left and that puck was shot for or the, their initial shot was taken from that side. And so that ref's got a clear line of sight and that whistle blew almost instantly as soon as that puck came out of his glove but that puck wasn't even in his glove for a second i mean that was man that was bad that was terrible i was sitting behind Uh, the the pittsburgh goal on that play and it looked like uh matt murray closed his glove as the puck was going through it and he didn't close it in i have no idea i didn't hear the whistle was blown but uh i did see uh patrick celebrate and everybody stood up and cheered and then it was kind of like, well, wait, they got to see if it's a goal. I'm like, how are you going to – it was a goal, but I didn't yeah, know like the referee blew the whistle. That's a goal. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, Jack, is that the worst goal you've ever seen? I mean, the worst call you've ever seen. I mean, it's up there, but it seems like every year there's a new contender for that that award. Um, <laughs> it goes back to last year where this happened with the Flyers. They had an early game against Ottawa, and the Flyers like tied the game real late. And the referee, basically, they reviewed it. And I don't even know why they reviewed it. They just came out and said, we lost sight of the puck. Therefore, we blew the whistle. Therefore, it's no goal. I was like, what? Like, what? are you kidding me? Like, why did you re- what did you review? You know, like, I, it just wasting everybody's time. Like, and it, it's, a, it's a flaw in the, um, in the rules. Like, I, if you're reviewing it, this is to get their calls right. This is why we implement all this video stuff and this technology. And you can't, you, more and more, you realize you can't rely on, on the officials. They're bad enough as it is on you know, when the guys are skating by at high speeds, at least then I can understand some things, but you got a perfect line of sight and <laughs> you, you, first off, you blow it immediately, which I, you don't see. I've seen guys cover it clear as day and the whistle doesn't get blown that fast. And 
Now, you know, something like this. And then they come out and apologize. Like, I give a shit. (laughs) Are you kidding me? Like, I don't know. It's just, it's a long line of horrible calls and it's never going to change. And it's just, they just, they're not held accountable. I'm sorry means nothing to me, but they're not held accountable for horrible plays. So it's not going to change. So we just got to eat it. Basically. So at that point in the game, that goal would have made it a a two to one game. It may have changed momentum a little bit. Uh, I can't recall exactly what point in the game it was. I want to say possibly late in the second. Um, Mm -hmm. The, there is technology that would help the referees out with this stuff. They use it in soccer. I believe they use a lot of the technology in football, basketball. I'm not sure. Um, but given the technology that they, the NHL already does use, do you think the NHL should allow for a replay to overturn a call like that? Uh, we can go to Derek first. I think that when you look at what you can review, you can review an offsides call. But that offsides call could happen two minutes before a goal is scored. And whether the player was offsides or not has no bearing on whether that puck went in the net or not. Um, it, and it's like you see it in the NFL, too. People want to review this and that. And it's like, oh, well, like if you're going to review every play, well, there's an extra opportunity to find out if there was a hold on the player. If there was like a little ticky tacky, you know, BS move, whatever it may be. I think that replay could help, but, you know, then therein lies the argument that, oh, well, we blew the whistle, and as soon as a player hears the whistle, they stop playing. It's like, that. I get that, but how close after that whistle was it that that puck went in the net? Because it was, uh, you know, a snap of your finger. That, that happened like bang, bang, and it's just, it could definitely help. Um, but there's going to be too many arguments against it, especially from the league, I'm assuming, because they're going to be like, well, what if da, 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 da? And it's like, well, you know, th- that just sounds stupid, but, you know, <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, I completely agree. Um, so what do you think, Jack? Should, they, should the NHL allow – like I said, they already used the technology. Should they allow the technology to be used after a play like the other night? It's funny listening to that response. It kind of like I kind of changed how I felt about it kind of made a good point there uh you're never going to change the old timers minds but ultimately as we move into the future yeah you're going to use everything you can they're just going to drag their feet with it however it was an interesting point yeah this happens you know that everybody stopped playing on a play like last night's goal if you were to say well the puck was still moving when the um, whistle was blown nobody in that scenario could have done anything about it therefore you could use replay and say well this is a goal no the the uh, whistle being blown affected nobody so something like that i think could be overturned and i still think we're like five years away from that you know does that make sense yeah makes sense now i understand like saying oh well there was you know there was an offside that goes back 10 plays yada 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 I don't know how they'll ever figure that one out. But something like last night, I think, could be aided by video technology. It seems like they're using it, but when they say things like, well, we blew the whistle already, I don't know why you just wasted everybody's time. I think they're just trying to get some commercials out or something. Like, it was just stupid. Um, But if the puck was moving and it affected nobody, I don't see why you can't overturn that. The whole idea is to get the call right. Absolutely. And I think ultimately that has to be the the goal is, you know, they, they blew the whistle for no reason. Uh, the Flyers ended up scoring on a play where the whistle shouldn't have been blown. 
you know, I think you made a good point, you know, that you look at the replay and is anybody affected by the whistle being blown? If they can determine no, then allow the goal. If, if, if it looks like everybody clearly stops, then, then yeah, you have to obviously not allow the goal. Um, moving on a little bit here. The Flyers had 51 shots on goal on Monday night. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, I was at the game. It, it didn't seem like they had 51 shots to me. Uh, I assume that you both watched on, on television. Uh, did it seem like they had that many shots to you? Uh, we can go to Derek first. Uh, you, I, I'm siding with you on this one. It looked like, you know, the first couple, I'd say like the first five to ten minutes, they had some really great opportunities. Uh, Lindblom had two of them right off the bat there uh, on two-on-ones with uh, them feeding across the crease and Lindblom just not getting the right angle on a shot. But throughout the game, it's like it didn't seem like there was 51 shots and. I mean, that's that's huge because that's their that's their highest total in the season and the highest since I think November twenty third against uh, the Rangers. They had like forty six shots, and it's just I mean, half of that it's like Murray was just making those saves. So it's Murray was incredible. He had a I'm a dork, so I did the math. He had a nine eight zero save percentage, which is Holy outstanding. Wow. Um, but yeah, the the shots, man. That, it's it's nice to see the Flyers putting that many shots on goal, but in a losing effort, it's like kind of all for naught. Even though you know half of those, if if some of those shots would have went in, you know, at the normal rate they usually do, they probably could have won that game. Absolutely, and and I remember thinking during this game, man, they have fifty one shots, but how many of them were were quality shots? You know, uh, how many actual scoring chances? I, I don't have the number in front of me, but how many actual scoring chances did they have? Because you see 51 shots and you're like, man, either the goalie played his ass off or, or this team was just uh, snake bitten or they were shooting from all over the place, you know? Um, so let me ask you, Jack, did it, did it seem like a game where the Flyers absolutely dominated, where they were just getting quality shots, 51 shots on goal? You think they have at least 10 to 15 quality chances. Did it seem like that kind of a game to you? No, it didn't. And mostly because the way I watch the game is quality shots is that's what I care about. You know, it, it, you could dump the puck in, it hits the goalie, it technically counts as a shot. So I don't view it that way. But it goes it goes into a bigger issue is, you know who keeps track of the stats, really? It's the home team. Right. And this goes back when the Flyers, I can't remember if it was Yanni Ninema or Dan McGillis. When they traded for him from Edmonton, uh, it was because he had like an incredible amount of hits but the home team tracks how many hits they actually have. And it turns out when we got the guy, he didn't really, neither one of them really hit all that often. These stats are flawed. They're held by the home team. You're going to pump up your own stats. And even in this game itself, if you remember the first, I think it was the first Flyers power play, Voracek had like seven, six or seven bad plays. Like he went out in the first power play. They didn't do much. He had all these, he'll just blind pass and just had his own entry was off. And then he, the second unit came out. He went back on and made like two more mistakes. But then at the end of the first period, it says, uh, Vorch, you can check, Voracek had zero turnovers. How the hell did – what? Or giveaways. <laughs> zero giveaways. Like, who's keeping track of this stuff? There, he has to have at least one. Like, come on. Did you not see the power play? So it, it go, it's, I, it's, a, it's not tracked properly, you know. So I don't really – I don't put a whole lot of stock into that. I just look for the quality stuff. Like, do they have a good scoring chance? That you know, were they almost there? I can see a guy having an open net and shooting at it, but a, a defenseman blocks it with his—I don't know—his hand or his skate. That's better than any most shots. So, 
it's a nice stat to throw up there for the crowds, but you know, we're playing a lot better than you think we are. But ultimately, it's just for juice. It's just for it just makes it look better, like it was a crazy game or something like that. Yeah, and that's kind of my point, Jack, because I'm watching this game uh, maybe uh, about 20 rows up, and and I, I, you know, for the second period, I think the majority of the play was played down the the Pittsburgh zone. Um, but when I looked up and saw 28 shots, I, I thought to myself, I, I don't, there's no way I just saw 28 shots on goal, you know, because when I, when I think of a shot on goal, I think of a, a scoring chance or, uh, a, you know, a quality uh, play that's leading to a shot. Or I, I, I had to assume that most of these shots came in bunches in front of the net. Maybe Murray was scrambling around, something like that, because I didn't see 28 shots. Or when they're trying to jam the puck in and they count every time the player hits his stick into the goalie's pad. It wouldn't surprise me if Wells Fargo was pumping up these shots so the crowd didn't start booing against the Flyers for playing poorly or losing. I'm surprised they didn't do this earlier in the season. (laughs) (laughs) Good point there. So uh, I had read in an article, I think it was this morning. uh, Forgive me, I I can't remember where I read it. I'm going to say The Athletic. Uh, but there was an in- interview with uh, Chris Letang where he commented after the game on how they kind of they scouted the Flyers. Uh, they know that when the Flyers are along the wall in the offensive zone, they kind of just start flinging shots at the net uh, as opposed to setting up some kind of an offense. So uh, he was quoted as saying they were willing to give up those kind of shots. And uh, I assumed that that's where most of the shots came from. You know, they weren't really uh, – I mean, from what I saw – the shots that were on goal weren't really scary shots. You know, I think they were willing to let the Flyers shoot those pucks and either Murray covers it up or, or they give possession back to Pittsburgh. Um, so, yeah, uh, I just wanted to throw that in there. I don't know. That seems like something the Flyers would do. I mean, we watch them all the time. I wouldn't say that's like if I scouted the Flyers, that was noticeable to me. They tend to do that things when it's one man in while the rest of the team goes for a line change or if somebody gets in trouble. I don't say that's part of their game plan or anything. Like, I don't know. I feel like I feel like Latang still has head injuries. Like that, I don't think it was that they're that <laughs> noticeable for that. Like, I don't, I don't know. I mean, you notice that every now and then you see like the dump and chase and then, you know, the guy on the other side of the boards ends up getting it and then he'll just fire one on net because, you know, either he's got somebody going to the net or there's nobody going to the net. It's like, what else are you going to do with the puck? You're going to play it out of your zone? Like, no. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, they kind of just, they're in trouble, so they throw it on net. I mean, you're kind of taught that when you're young. You know what I mean? You don't want to lose possession. Yeah, if having Steve Mason as a goalie has taught us anything, it means that, like, any <laughs> shot can go in. So, hey. Oh, that was good. That was a good point. <laughs> Poor Steve Mason. That's so true, though. It really is. Um, it sucks because I liked him, but, you know, hey, that, that kind of stuff happens, man. Yeah, oh, he was – his the him, him against the post and in between was all sorts of Swiss cheese. Unbelievable. I have yeah. uh, a show coming up after this with Dan, the uh, Sam Moran fan. I'm not going to tell him you said that. He's a huge Steve Mason guy. Oh, you can tell. <laughs> oh, I like Steve Mason too. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, that when you're evaluating goaltenders, I'm not going to put Steve Mason at the top of the list, regardless of where he stands on the Flyers' win-loss, you know, record. He's he was a solid goalie, but he never fit in because he wanted to be the guy. He didn't want to be a platoon guy, and that's obviously an argument for another time. But <laughs> it's true. No, there's no argument here. I'll tell you that much because the second he felt any heat behind him, his his play slipped dramatically. Oh yeah, absolutely. 
my lasting image whenever I hear Steve Mason is the goal against uh, Washington. Oh, uh, the playoffs? Yeah. Oh, Christ. <laughs> so I, I can't get that out of my mind. That's that's what I associate Steve Mason I with. used to defend Steve Mason because he, like, single-handedly got us to the playoffs against the Rangers in Game 7, and that was all – that was his best year, and that Rangers team went to the Cup. So I defend Steve Mason like crazy, and he responded and helped me out by goals like that to make me look stupid in front of my friends. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot, you dick. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we'll move on from poor Steve Mason here. The moment we've all been waiting for, let's talk about the Malkin Slash. Derek, go ahead. I'm just going to let you go. Okay, so yesterday was a very eventful day for me. <laughs> I gave my take on Twitter, as does every normal Flyers fan when something of this magnitude happens. Um, what happened I guess to recap exactly what happened, Raffle and Malkin were battling along the boards by the benches. Raffle gave him a cross check. He gave a cross check to Malkin's back, and then he punched him in the back of the head lightly. May I add? I obviously I can't gauge the strength of the punch, but it didn't look like it would have hurt him or anything. Um, and then Malkin proceeds to take his stick. He's left-handed, by the way, and he swung his stick. I haven't seen this beautiful. This beautiful of a, a swing since Ken Griffey Jr. played baseball. <laughs> and the, the guy could have took his head off. Like, there's there's no doubt in my mind that would have really met, like, Donald Brashear-esque with, I, I think, what, Marty McSorley there? Yeah. Yeah, like, that was how bad that swing looked. I mean, it could have really hurt Raffle. And to top everything off, I get Pittsburgh fans swarming my mentions with them justifying what Malkin did saying, Oh, well, if Raffle wouldn't have done this and I'm like, yeah, well, if my aunt had a penis, she'd be my uncle. <laughs> what do you want to, what are we debating here? Are you going to keep justifying the actions of this guy? Cause that's BS. That's absolute, just crazy talk. And this guy would not relent. And I told him, I'm like, there's no way in hell you should ever be able to justify those actions. That was a baseball swing. That kind of swing you see in the major leagues, it was it was terrible. And for him to get one game, it's I'm I'm okay with it just because now moving forward, when he inevitably does something stupid like this again and lets his emotions get the best of him, he will be considered a repeat offender. So the punishment will get more <laughs> severe every time he does this. So it lays the precedent, but. And then I think, was it Linda Capone from ESPN? Oh, my God. I, I saw know. this. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was like, I get where you're coming from. And, like, maybe Raffle should have gotten a minor, you know, because. But don't. And, and that goes to. You now, I swear to God, if you ever justify something like what Malkin did, I'll come to your house. <laughs> probably lay it on fire. That was that bad. Jeez. That's just terrible. Like Charles Barkley, terrible. <laughs> Jack, what do you got, man? Okay, strap that was awesome. Strap in. First off, take it easy on the Pittsburgh fans. They're very new to hockey. They don't they don't know how it works, really. You know, <laughs> yeah. You ask them who Tom Barrasso is, and sure, they definitely would stutter. Um, also, <laughs> going. Let me ask you this: If Tom Wilson did that, how many games do you think he gets? Oh, lifetime ban. <laughs> like seriously like he i'm in all seriousness he gets five or more games for that like easy easy you know 
Uh, I like how I read. I was. I know what you're talking about, and I looked up your Twitter thing, and somebody said um, the Flyers were gifted a five minute major. Uh, are you kidding me? Gifted? Gifted my ass. I. I, I was. I, it's unbelievable the way they think, and that's because the NHL has babied them ever since infancy. And they're used to getting their way. They're used to getting Malkin, Flurry, Crosby, Jordan Stahl was a top pick. Like they're used to being handed all this great talent and getting all the calls and just, you know, everything falling into place. That's what they're used to. They don't know life before that because nobody watched the team. That's why they almost moved to Kansas City. This is fact. This is in writing. This is all true. Uh, on top of that, Malkin has a history of this, not according to the NHL, but there is a uh, Twitter gif, if you will, going around every time he's randomly swung his stick. I counted at least six or seven times, yet this is his first time getting called for it. Even his dumbass said, I think I shouldn't be suspended for it. Well, because you never got in trouble before. You probably think you're a model citizen, too. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> it's truly unbelievable. And Linda Cohen just further backs that you know her comments make you think she doesn't watch hockey here's the, the first do you not know I that, that. <laughs> seriously though because and i'll break it down as simple as this what gets the penalty the initial contact or the retaliation retaliation Absolutely. is a call it is a call you always get called for retaliation and that's i know how it was bad what he did even if he turned around and shoved him and got a two-minute minor it's because of retaliation. So what she said is completely null and void and has no place in hockey. Her comments are idiotic. Come on. Like, it, retaliation was, is there on top of how he retaliated is what we're talking about. So he shouldn't have pushed. It's hockey. Are you kidding me? Like, I, that comment is so idiotic to me. I understand your frustration. Like, uh, it's just, it's, it's a Pittsburgh mindset where everything is theirs. It's their world and we're just living in it. I don't understand how anybody from ESPN can comment on hockey. Well, there's your thing. There it is right there, Jimmy. ESPN. They are the least yes. knowledgeable source of hockey. Yeah, I was, I was baffled. They by had that. Matthew Barnaby on as an analyst. <laughs> <laughs> uh, He's a it's good so hard to watch ESPN anymore. Like football season, fine. Obviously, they cover football. Not a big basketball guy. I, I watched March Madness. I'll watch it. But, man, I'll – if, if they're talking hockey, the only – and this is a stretch. The only person I respect on that broadcast is Butcher Grouse. Yeah, I and, like him too. You know, he's good. He's good. But, like, that, it doesn't make up for the fact that everybody else is just – Oh, yeah. I mean, look at Barry Melrose. He was their, their go-to guy. Tampa Bay hired him for, what, five games? I've never seen such a short <laughs> coaching term in my life. <laughs> I forgot oh, yeah. about that. I, I I feel like he's known more for his stupid hair. Yeah, it, 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 you might be right. Like it's, it's, his hair and his pinstripe suits making him look like a mob boss. It looks like that slick back hair goes right into his suit. <laughs> it might grow out of his suit. I, I mean, when you're talking the ESPN and hockey, like yeah, they do football good because it's the number one sport in the United States. And basketball, I swear, they have stock in the NBA. The amount of basketball they show and then after that it's all it's all nothing they're a joke and that's why they fired like half of their staff a couple of years ago yeah oh yeah espn even botched the rankings the other night uh, i saw martinez i think pointed it out that uh they completely left the boston bruins out of the uh eastern conference rankings <laughs> so a perfect example yeah i read an article of a guy ranking all the best... go ahead sorry go ahead I was read an article of them uh, ranking all the Flyers goalies 
and they had stole. I think it was like top thirty or thirty-five, and Stolarz was like the second to last. And I was like, how how is he even on this list? And this is after his shutout. So I'm like, I'm really, I, I don't understand where they got any of this. And all the guys from like the '90s when the Flyers were bad, like early '90s, but like without Hextall, were like high on the list. I was like, who? Who, where are you getting this information from? Like, it was, it was comical. They clearly know nothing about the sport. Oh, absolutely. I agree. <laughs> hey, at least they're good for a laugh. <laughs> so if, if you guys want to move on from the Pittsburgh game, there's, are there any last thoughts that you'd like to add in? Any last curse words for, for Malkin, Crosby, Latang? Um, Sounds like I we're think, good. Go ahead. I, I think the, uh, the Yinzers on Twitter. <laughs> need to start looking at this a little more objectively. I think that, you know, hockey as a sport, I'm not saying this as a Flyers fan. I'm saying this as a fan of the sport. There's absolutely no place in hockey for something like that. I don't care if it's Malkin doing it. I don't care if it's Stamkos. I don't care if it's Giroux. If Giroux would have done it, I would have said the same thing. I said, that's just shit. And there's no way he should ever be let off the hook for that. Put him, suspend him, fine him, whatever you've got to do. That's that's terrible. There's no room in hockey for something like that. 100% agree. Uh, so I, I saw Dan Carcillo actually tweet something out about this. Uh, you guys know that he's really, uh, he's, what's it called? He's uh, doing a... He's like an advocate for... Advocate, a, uh, advocate yeah. yeah. For, for, for brain injury, stuff like that. I was looking for, for that word. Thanks, Jack. Um so he, even he posted, if somebody swings their stick or, or if somebody's punching you in the back of the head like Rafa was doing to Malkin, the right thing to do and, and you know, to defend your own honor is, is turn around like a man, drop your gloves, and you fight the guy. This way, at least, you know, it's a fight. Whereas if you're swinging your stick, number one, that's pathetic, and, and it's a punk move. Like, you could seriously hurt somebody. Like, that's a weapon at that point. Like, imagine if that hits him in the mouth or in the temple – you know, or in the eye, like you could seriously mess somebody up uh, by swinging yeah. your stick like that. Um, so, yeah, I 100% agree with you, Darren, that there's no place in hockey for a move like that. And I would rather see them fight. You know, if you got a problem with, with somebody's doing, man up, turn around, drop your gloves and fight them, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. So we, we can move on a little bit here. We'll, we could talk about the, the wild game uh, last night. No pun intended. Uh, <laughs> so I'll start this one off. The Flyers, they scored an early goal, which was good to see because they, I think they needed to get up early on a team like the Wild, who are almost almost just as desperate in that Western Conference. Um, the Wild came back with, with two goals pretty quickly. And I think during the course of that or, or just after, there was a, a double minor call on Robert Hague. Or Hague. Um, what, what were your thoughts on that after seeing what we saw the night before with the disallowed goal in Pittsburgh? And then seeing this phantom phantom double minor uh, issue to Robert Haig when he didn't even touch the guy with his stick. Um, Jack, what kind of thoughts went through your mind when you saw that? It just reminded me of the Pittsburgh game and the Patrick no call. It's like, <laughs> I don't know from what position they were standing, but you could clearly see his puck, Roffle's uh, stick never left the, it was Roffle, right? Uh, that was, I believe, Haig, and I can't remember the, the Minnesota guys. Yeah, I, can't, I thought it was Roffle. It was Zucker, right? Uh, his stick never left the ice. Like it's, and this is where video replay can show you how horribly wrong you were. Like, I just the not only that he gave him a double minor because he saw blood. 
when the official has no clue what happened, you make no call. You don't make something up. I literally have had this happen to me when I played hockey. A teammate of mine got hit in the face with a stick, and he was missing his his two front teeth were chipped very noticeably. And the referee flat out said, I didn't see it. I can't call anything. And I almost <laughs> respected it because he didn't see it. He told the truth. This guy didn't see it and still made a call and a double minor at that. That is game changing. Like it is idiotic to me that you would have the confidence to just say, Oh, well, this is what happened. When you know, you have no clue what happened. It's ballsy. And like I said earlier, when you're not held accountable for your actions, this is what happens. 100% agree. It was a pretty foolish call. What What were you thinking when, when you saw that play, Derek? Uh, I was thinking the same thing. I mean, that, that's pretty crazy that that would end up getting missed by a ref. I mean, that's their job is to kind of look for those things, you'd think. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, you've got, uh, I think it was Felino to Higgs left and then Zucker on Higgs right. And Higgs' stick is tied up almost in the gut of Felino, And when you see Felino's stick come up and hit Zucker, all I'm thinking is, man, that's unfortunate. Like, I hope Zucker's okay. I hope, you know, no teeth are missing. But, I mean, any hockey player, I'm sure, is missing a couple teeth. And then the ref's arm goes up. And I'm like, what the hell is this? And they make that double minor call. And, yeah, for blood, like, I get that rule. I understand it, you know. But then they put Hague in the box. And I'm like, that guy's stick never even left the gut or the ice of, of Felino. You know, that, that that's terrible. And, you know, you've got Higgs stick, like I said, off to the left. And I know refs aren't trained to see like, oh, that's his stick or that's his stick, you know, but the guy's holding the damn stick. I'm sure you can make an assumption as to whose it is. Um, but, it's, you know, that's terrible. And then, like you were saying with the, the replays, you know, if and like I said before, with the goal on Nolan Patrick's, like if you can overturn an offsides that had no bearing on any on the goal being scored potentially, I feel like you should be able to overturn this because you're like, hey, I made a mistake. That actually was a player stick. It was friendly fire, uh, no penalty. Let's just keep going. It's just it's terrible. It's another missed call. It's you know, it's been the story of the Flyers for the past two games. Is these damn missed calls? You know, <laughs> Derek, that, that's, that's, that's actually. Real quick, just to finish off this point, to piggyback off of you, Derek, it's like the referee's not watching the the puck or the sticks. All he saw was a glimpse of the player flip his head back, which we all know. Even Roffle did it when uh, Malkin didn't even hit him with the stick, but it's just like it's ingrained in NHL players, and you almost can't blame them for it because when they don't do that, it doesn't get called. So he, all he saw was his head flip back. And he goes, oh, well, that, obviously he was hit in the face with a stick. doesn't matter whose stick, who stick hit him. It's a penalty. And I, let me go but check you know the blood. He saw, he saw probably the St. Pauli girl sitting in the stands. And then he's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's, but it's, it, we joke, but at the same time, he might as well have. Because <laughs> he did not yeah. see the play. A, a distraction is a distraction. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah. Oh, it, it's just, it's almost the same as what he was doing, watching the play, at least in his mind, or if he was facing the wrong direction, checking some girl out, turning back around and seeing a player with blood on the ice and just making the call. It's the same result. Oh, yeah. And that's why they're not held accountable for this crap, and they just continuously do whatever the hell they feel like and change. Luckily, it didn't change the outcome of this game, and uh, Jimmy, I'm sure you're dying to get into the Flyers' comeback here, but it didn't have to be this way, but go ahead. 
No, I was just going to say, I really, I really like Derek's point there about if you can go back and look at something that happened two minutes before a goal was even scored, then, then why can't you go in? You know what? In, in soccer, the referees wear an earpiece. And when something illegal happens that the referee didn't catch during a goal, they call down and let them know, hey, you might want to look at that because we saw this. Why That's can't, a good idea. Why can't in hockey they just have a little earpiece Somebody calls down and say, hey, I know you made this call and you're going to give this guy four minutes, but we're seeing this. You might want to have a look. Yeah, and they should, that's when the they call. should have their powwows, not when they're trying to say, hey, we already made a call. We're over here just, you know, needing TV timeout. We're going to go tell them that we blew the whistle too early. This is the kind of stuff they should actually be talking about because you don't want to get into a referee's discretion unless it's with other referees. That's why you think they meet up and talk to get the call right. But ultimately, they go, well, we're a team, and we have to stick together when we agree with each other. It's kind of stupid and silly, but if you have, like, the higher-up saying, hey, we're watching this. You got this wrong. You have a chance to change it. Change it. Do it before it's too late, and then you're trying to make makeup calls and dumb shit like that. You're absolutely right. You know what? That changes the entire course of the game because of that. So I think, you know, it sounds cool. Like, oh, the referee made the call. The call's been made. That's the way it's going to stand. That's such a caveman excuse. Like, how outdated is that with all the technology that we have now today to say, oh, the referee made the call. It has to stand. He can't reverse it. He's not going to reverse it. Like, dude, it's 2019. We have all this technology. You're telling me this guy missed a call? And he can't overturn it, even though he knows he messed up. Well, Jimmy, you bring up such you, you bring up an interesting point, and it is it is uh, what is it, archaic is the term, uh, yeah. simply because the game was in the seventies when they created all these rules. Well, you know, you know what I mean. It was slower. It's it, guys are getting faster and bigger now, so these old rules don't hold up now because the officials can't keep up with the play. It's too fast. You have to institute some kind of technology. So you're making a good point. That's what it is. You can't stick to what's old because the guys are too fast now. They're too strong, and they can't. The plays happen in a blink of an eye. So you, Absolutely. Yeah, and I, and that, that's what you're alluding to, essentially, and I couldn't agree more. Yeah, just make little tweaks. I, I agree with what they're doing with a lot of the video, but they, they could absolutely be better. Um, so I, I could talk about this for, for a long time. Uh, unfortunately, we're going to try to keep this under an hour, so we're going to move on a little bit here. Um, so the Flyers down two to one, uh, entering the second period on uh, finishing up the four four minute power play. Um, they they find a way to kind of claw back. Um, they they end up winning the game five to four. What did you like the most uh, out of what you saw last night, Derek? I like the fact that you can see the resiliency of this team. Um, it's been the story for years now, especially when, I mean, I, I shouldn't say especially when Hackstall was here, but like it was evident when Hackstall was here that this is a second half of the season type of team and showing the kind of resilience to go down three to one and then come back and win five, four, like that's big. And I, I give a lot of credit and I know gave up four goals, but like when Stolarz needed to come up big, he came up big. He made the saves that he needed to make. Um, and this, this team is just, even from falling down that early, that, that resilience is great. This is the team's MO right now. Um, it's, it's encouraged deep. Like, they did the rights at the beginning of the year and then Hackstall gets fired. 
up and now this team's suddenly a potential playoff team like that there needs to be some perspective that this team probably won't make a serious run at the cup but this sure is some entertaining hockey and i'm i'm loving watching these kinds of games absolutely is jack what do you think what 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 did what did you like most about what you saw from this team last night you know, I wanted to come up with something different, but I seem to be piggybacking off of a lot of Derek's points. So I think I like you, Derek. Uh, <laughs> basically, it goes, it goes with, and this goes with Stolarz as well as um, Carter Hart. It's the confidence they have that when they give up a goal, if they play their asses off, they can get back into the game and every mistake they make won't wind up in the back of their net. That confidence is coming out of their, through their goaltending. And you can see it when they get down like this with Elliot Neuwirth or some, you know, pick me up waiver wire goalie. They, the whole team is deflated completely, but not with these two guys in that, especially Carter Hart. But you saw it last night with Solars. They, they feel that they can compete and stay in a game because they have the goaltending. And it showed, and they were able to come back, and they were able to to steal a win here, and that's what it is: is confidence that, and that leads to their their uh, resurgence and turning that game around. I, I really didn't think that was going to happen, but they they are playing confidently. Absolutely. Now, quick, quick note: When was the last time you felt like this, and who was the goalie in net? Jack, you go first. I need some time to think about this, man. Well, I would like to go back. Unfortunately, I wasn't born yet, but uh, Pelly Lindbergh. <laughs> <laughs> For me, I guess it would have to be uh, huh, back when they had Richards and Carter, when I felt like they could really steal. I mean, goalie-wise, I mean, I think the friggin' goalie was Michael Layton, but that was the last team that I actually really, really enjoyed watching was Richards, Carter, Giroux, uh, Hartnell. Well, to be honest with you, Jimmy, I, I would say that that I don't know if it was his first year. I think it was the first year since the lockout. I'm not sure. That was like Steve Mason's like one year when they they yeah. like if you look back, they came back in those games like almost every game they were making a comeback. And I remember Drew was on fire. He was the guy always scoring those comeback goals. And yeah, they got bounced in the first round because you can't, you just can't sustain that kind of winning. But that was the last time I can remember it. And that was like a one year wonder kind of thing. It's not like they were like that before that either. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't know how you guys, I mean, I don't know if you guys know how I feel about Shane Goss' bear. I, I've been kind of, you know, talking some dirt on him this year. Um, but I also am a big believer on giving credit to guys where, when credit is due. And I, I think uh, Ghost had a pretty solid game last night. He looked like he was back to his old self on the power play. Um, he, he got shots to the net as opposed to shooting wide and, and hoping for some kind of a deflection. And you could see last night, if you get, if you get pucks to the net with guys like Wayne Simmons and, and James Van Riemsdyk kind of, you know, uh, pigeoning around the net or, or doing the dirty work in front, they're going to score more times than not. Um, so I want to give some credit to Shane Gossespierre for last night on his play. Uh, I think he, he had a, a rough first period, um, but he recovered nicely and, and helped his team get two points last night. Uh, I don't know if you guys want to comment on, on his game at all. Uh, Jack, if you want to go first. Yeah, I mean, it's nice. <laughs> uh, I'm, a, I'm, I'm not one of the people who wants to trade him at this point because I believe we would lose that trade. You might as well just hang on to him and hope he works himself out of it. It's nice when your star defenseman, who is supposed to be more uh, offensive than defensive, um, hits the net with a shot. 
Um, I feel like, it, yeah, I guess you got to walk, you got to crawl before you can walk is how I feel about it. Um, maybe fans will get off him a little bit. I mean, yeah, maybe this is a, a sign of things to come. Maybe he's coming out of this bad slump and maybe he can get his games together. Uh, I'm not, he's not out of the woods with me yet because he's been a crybaby. Screaming Easy. at the fans about, oh, shoot, please shoot. You know, like, you know, he's quick to tell the fans to go fuck themselves. But, you know, so. And now we're rated R, God damn it. On one of these days, we're going to get. <laughs> now, we're one of these days, we're going to get it right. Um, so, yeah, it's good to see because he's so exciting to watch. He's electric on the ice, especially when he's on his game. Um, you know, but, um, yeah, I guess I'll give him credit, but I'm not excited about him yet. He's got a lot of making up to do as far as I'm concerned. Okay. All right, Derek, what, what do you like? Do you like what you saw from, from Gossip's Bear last night? Do you think you continue to keep it up? I think it's my turn to piggyback now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Here we go. No, and don't get me wrong. I do like seeing what, seeing what he's doing. Um, I think it's a positive. And that second goal, um, you know, what was it? Uh, the vision. I mean, the guy's still got the same vision. You know, he can see through those lanes, like, as good as anybody can. Um, it's just the shots are going wide. It's difficult, you know, and, and people figure his game out. You know, that, that year that he out, he put up like what, 60 something points? 60 points. Like yeah. people didn't really know, they should have known what to expect. I should put it that way. But like they still didn't have a lot of tape on him. They didn't know, you know, what he was going to do. So now that people have kind of found him out, they know how to play to his strengths and his weaknesses. Um, I'm encouraged that, you know, he showed that kind of vision and he showed that kind of skill. Uh, the other last night, but like you said, I I don't think he's out of the woods yet. I think that you know he definitely needs to gain the trust of Fletcher because you know all those reports and rumors about him leaving. Or was it him or Gordon that said something and left Gosta Bear's name out of it? Correct. Yeah, that. yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and it's like that. I think people are looking too far into that. But like at the end of the day, you think about it, it's like a it's like a middle school girl inviting all their friends and they leave one girl out that she thought she was getting an invite. And you're like, Oh no, we're not best friends. Anymore. You know? wow. <laughs> that was a good analogy. There. It was. <laughs> but you know, it's, I think that we know what he's capable of. Like I, we've seen shape. We, I shouldn't say we've seen peak and Gostas bear. We've seen premier, like top notch Shane Gostas bear. We know what he's capable of. So I think that it's just kind of, let him loose a little bit and let him do his thing. You know, he's he's more of a forward than he is a defenseman, but he still has the ability to come back on the play and defend it. Uh, not he's not the greatest defender in the world. Don't get me wrong, but the guy he knows what he's doing, and I trust him. I think that you know we I, I don't know if you guys saw it today or not. Um, Broad Street Hockey put out that article about whether they should train, uh, trade trade Bear. Oh, I saw that. that oh a, yeah, by really Seth Driver. Article. <laughs> yeah, fantastic in-depth long length long format read um and to shortly summarize it um what it said was no <laughs> and um i you know literally they actually, no they took that idea from me i was gonna write that one myself but uh <laughs> you know we're, we're we're a little smaller than broad street hockey over at psn but nonetheless <laughs> we put out some pretty decent shit <laughs> oh yeah you do <laughs> but you know it's 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 too soon to discuss whether we should trade Costas Bear. He's got a very team friendly deal. 
And if he can bounce back, a lot of people think he might be injured, and that might be the case. I don't know. We won't find out till the end of the season. But if he is, that would make up for the fact that he hasn't been as great point-wise. Um, but imagine when he gets healthy next year. He might regain his form, be back to a 50-60 point defenseman. So I'm not definitely not willing, ready to give up on him yet. Those are very good points. And I wouldn't say that uh, I'm necessarily a, an advocate for trading him now. Uh, I posed a question the other day on Twitter that um, – because he's one of those guys where people will kind of get all up in arms with when, when you say, oh, man, maybe we should trade Ghost. And, you know, 100 people will come out of nowhere and be like, oh, you're nuts and call you all kinds of names. <laughs> My question was, what makes him so – untradeable why what makes what does he have that's so unreplaceable you know what I mean um he's he's absolutely a, a great offensive talent on the blue line um he he has a rocket shot like you said he also has great vision um I think what makes him most valuable honestly is his contract the length and, and term of his contract um so I, you know I, I'm not saying we have to move him right away but I, I just wanted to hear from from some of the the Twitterverse. You know, why why is he irreplaceable? Why do you get so angry when somebody mentions trading Shane Gostisbehere? And it was. I will give. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I will give Ron Hextall credit for that. He did a great job of signing people for what they were actually worth. That's you a good know, point. With, with, uh, with Simmons, he's making three point nine seven five. Miller year. Yep. That guy's a premier candidate to be a target at the trade deadline. And because of that contract, he could get a great return for the Flyers. Shane Gostaspare, if he gets back to where he was a year, two years ago, and the last year of his contract is up and the Flyers don't see him being a part of the future, that is another great contract that they could leverage into a really good haul for him at a trade deadline. So, you know, Hextall did a really good job of that. I'll give him credit for that. It's just, you know, that's another can of worms we won't get into. But I think Gostaspare, they definitely need to hold on to him right now. Um, there's other defensemen that are a bit more expendable in my mind, <laughs> and I'm sure everybody else's mind. Absolutely. Um, yeah. <laughs> Um, so let me just bring this up real quick. We're coming on about, uh, 55 minutes. Unfortunately, the anchor show stops automatically at 59. Um, are there any last things that we want to get in here, guys? Jack, Derek, Derek, you go ahead. All right. Power play has been 10 of 19 over the last five games, 16 for 32 over the last 10 games. Wow. They went from dead last in the league about two months ago to 22nd. Awesome stuff. Scott Gordon has been awesome for that. Um, and I'm going to fly through these. I'm sorry. I, you know, no, if ahead, I miss anything, ahead. let me know. Phil Myers will see the ice this weekend against Detroit. I will. I won't stake my life on it, but I'll say that. Um, <laughs> the guy's got 29 points in 48 games for the Phantoms. I mean, he's bound to get some time. And people are talking about trading Anthony Stellars. No. The guy's 25. He's making $753,000 a year, and over the course of his career, he's got a 9-1-1 save percentage and a 2.86 goals against. That is a cheap backup, and to back up a guy like Carter Hart, 
who has career numbers, obviously small sample size, that are much better than Stellars's. There's no way in hell I would trade Stellars unless the return was just ridiculous. Yeah, I think I would agree with that. Jack, what are your thoughts on that? All right, down real quick. Uh, the, the power play stats you just gave about them moving up like that, I didn't know that. It's pretty ridiculous. I like that. Uh, damn right, we better see uh, Myers play this weekend. He got called up, and now I've waited two games and haven't seen him. That's ridiculous. You're just teasing me. Uh, <laughs> I totally agree about Solars. He's finally starting to play. His story is amazing how he's come back. Like, let him let the kid play. He could be yes. a backup going into next year, and you want to talk about cap. Having Carter Hart and Solars as your one-two, it might not sound ideal, but financially, my God. Um, I still think the Flyers to trade Simmons. Uh, it's the way to go. I, yeah, It's a smart move to do. I, you probably don't make the playoffs, and even if you do, you're playing Tampa. You're, that's a tough go. You can't harm the future for – now because now is not good enough you had too bad of a beginning part of the season and if somebody gives overpays for goodness you trade him too uh and then last thing on ghost i do like his contract and i agree with what you're saying just look at couturier's contract it's further proof of what hexall did um that being said ghost is true value in my mind i he's his potential can be through the roof it really can he is a offensive stud you see it with his stutter step when he enters the zone it still fakes people out and they know he's gonna do it if when he's on his game he can be just as good as carlson honestly he's just he's that good he's got to work out some kinks he's still young give him a defensive partner who's more defensive and responsible let him do his thing let unleash him and uh he can be as good as he should be and that's why i don't want to trade him all right. Awesome points from both of you guys. Um, we're going to wrap this one up. Uh, Derek, you, you got any plugs you want to get in here? I just want to say thank you guys for having me. I, I greatly appreciate it. It's my first time. It was a ton of fun. I love chatting with you guys. Um, check out you know my work and everybody else from PSN. we got Jamie, Ryan, Matt, Yareev, um, Alex McIntyre is our photographer. Uh, we, we've got a hell of a team over there, Philly, Philly Sports Network. Uh, check us out on Twitter. Um, I'm at uh, Puck Bob PSN, so you know, check us out. And uh, thank you guys, thank you so much for having me on here. It was a ton of fun. I really enjoyed it. It was our pleasure, Derek. Thanks for coming on. I really enjoyed. It. You guys do great, great stuff. And um, I think we've had a couple of you guys on here. So, and you guys are always great. So make sure you guys give a follow. Um, Jack, what do you got going on? I'm at Jack underscore FHW. Don't worry, Jimmy. I will fix that for our new logo. <laughs> um, we just had Alex on last week, so that's great. Uh, and then on the uh, 22nd of February, I will be on uh, the Negative Dan uh, Brotherly Pods show. Uh, looking forward to that. Uh, I don't see negative or angry in my name, but I think when I get riled up, I can definitely go that direction. Uh, <laughs> hope, hopefully they're they're playing pretty well by then, so we don't have oh, to yeah. go that route. But just something to look forward to. And uh, Derek, it's really been a pleasure, man. Love to have you back. Hey, thank you, man. I really appreciate it. It's been a blast. You guys are fun to chat with here. <laughs> yeah, we, I had a lot of fun. We should definitely hook up again. This, this, was, uh, this was a lot of fun. So, I would love it. And I don't um, – I, can I plug my podcast? Absolutely, somewhere? absolutely. Um, all right, we're starting a new podcast. It's John Gove and I. John Gove is our prospect guy at Philly Sports Network. We're doing – it's called Pod Street Bullies. Check us out. Um, it, I would – it's – it's just a project, and we're going to have some fun with it. Um, and, you know, we'll see how it goes. But You're going to laugh so hard you fell off your dinosaur for this one. Awesome. Sounds good. We look forward to it. Thanks again for coming on, Derek. And uh, 
we'll have to catch up soon. We're going to put a bow on this one. Uh, you can catch me on the Angry and Negative show coming up next. So, yeah, look for me there. And make sure uh, you listen in on Sundays with the Angry Gym Podcast. We're going to wrap this one up, guys. Thanks for listening. Let's go Flyers. Let's go Flyers, baby. Pit sucks. Ha, ha, ha.